Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. Today, do we have a good one for you. We have got Dr. John Finn, the foremost expert on all things habit, best-selling author of The Habit Mechanic, trainer of 10,000 plus. He's a change expert. Better than anything else, he's a phenomenal human being. So excited to have you, buddy. Thank you for being on here. No, thank you, Brad. It's an absolute pleasure. What an honor, buddy. We speak the same language. You have the juice. You clearly get it. Uh, like you, I, I really believe that habits run our businesses. Habits run our lives. Habits run our behaviors. Your stuff is as good or better than anything that I have come across. So good. We, you, you do talk about how brains run our business, but our habits run our brain. It's harder than ever to train the brain. One, do you agree with that? And two, do you contribute that to what I would call hurry sickness, where people are in such a hurry to get to the next thing that they they really don't get efficient with their habitual way of living? Yeah, so I'd step back from that one second, and I'd say that we are training all the time. It's just that a lot of the things that we're practicing are really unhelpful. Right. So it's I'd say it's more difficult to train ourselves to build and sustain habits that are really helpful for us. So worrying too much, beating yourself up too much, being too stressed, being overwhelmed, being in a hurry, they're all habits because most of what we're doing most of the time is mindless automatic behavior. And we understand that that's somewhere between 98% of what we're thinking and doing right now is automatic all the way through to sometimes it's 100%. And, you know, I think that, the modern world, the VUCA world, the post-pandemic world, which I'm starting to call the VUCA world on steroids, it's making it harder for us to get our brains working really well. So I think that the 2% of consciousness that we might have when we're at our absolute best, it for most of us is, is being depleted because we are tireder, we are more stressed. That means often we're not eating as well as we might otherwise. It means we're not doing as much exercise as we might. Other- so the, our, our core brain function, when we're not feeling so great, it's depleted. And it and the thing that gets depleted is our conscious brain. So, it's, so we're more habit. So we're more on habit than ever before. And it's easier for us to do the survival habits, the habits around staying alive, the habits around ha- managing, often very silently and worrying about what other important people in our lives think about us, habits around saving energy, which is our brain's number one operating room. Right. That's so good. So, I mean, 85% of the world is unaware that they're unaware. Would you agree with that? It's really helpful when we think about, let's just say, awareness versus unawareness. We call it intelligent self-watching. Right. That's always on a continuum somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you could have no self-awareness at all. That might be a one on a continuum out of 10. Mm-hmm. You could have absolute Dr. Spock-like um, self-awareness. That might be number 10. So I'm not sure 85% of the world is one, but what I do know is that the way humans are wired, so we can now see each other on a video uh, screen, and it's almost we're at the other side of the, the world from each other, but we can almost see each other in 2020 vision. Mm-hmm. The trouble is that we are not designed to look inside ourselves with that clarity. So I might have a sore tummy right now, and I'm not sure, did I eat something bad? Right. Am I coming down with something? Am I just a bit upset? Am I maybe just a bit tired? 
So we can't read ourselves. We're not wired to read ourselves in the same way that we could look at someone else and really understand them. So, so that idea that you know, 85% of people really are not as self-aware as maybe is helpful for them makes a lot of sense to me. And the thing that, the whole thing that threads throughout the Habit Mechanic book, for example, and our approach is we're trying to help people to develop what we call their habit mechanic intelligence, mm. which I think is the most important intelligence you can develop. Mm. Absolutely. So good. I There's so many things to chew on there. When I, when I hear you talk, that reminds me of what, what I would call the success road. You know, success isn't the end of the road. Success is the road. And I know the journey is kind of a saturated word, but I think of habits and I think of the process. I'm a big process guy, big process oriented guy. I believe that if you want to be great, you got to find the, you got to find practice sexy. You have to find the road sexy and you have to embrace in friction and inconvenience and tough conversations and whatnot. And you have to embrace becoming. What are some ways that we can dig out some penetrating questions within ourselves to become the person that we could be, that we were called to be? Does that, does that make sense? Yes. So we have to start with more intelligent self-watching. So self-watching, imagine it's like you've got a CCTV camera on yourself, on your brain. And, you know, Novak Djokovic, which one of the cases I talk about in the book, he talks about it's like he's got a CCTV camera on himself 24-7, looking out for any wasted energy or any wasted uh, potential that he's, he's kind of letting slip. Now, of course... Most of us are never going to get to the level of intelligent self-watching someone like Novak Djokovic uh, has. But if we can just do a bit more intelligent self-watching, we can be more aware of of our behaviours. And when I say behaviours, I just mean what we're thinking and what we're doing. And we could do that in a really simple way. We could ask ourselves a question um, like I do at the start of every day and those that are in what we call a habit mechanic university ask themselves, which is how well... Did I do my best to be my best and achieve my goals yesterday out of 10? 10 would mean you were perfect. One would mean you failed and you're probably somewhere in between. So a real simple exercise like that is making your, you, you think about yourself in a different way. And of course, we could go, we could do something much more in depth by starting to use what we call our habit metric tools. I think psychometrics are sort of a waste of time. I think the technology that's in the site, psychometrics is outdated. It's black box thinking. So we're, I'm really passionate about habit metrics mm-hmm. using tools. I mean, they're all in the habit mechanic book to help us to start to analyze our habits, to work out which are our destructive habits and where are the potential super habits mm-hmm. and what we really need. So you talk about the process, which is about what we do every day. We need a range of tools that make it easier for us to do intelligent self-watching daily, weekly, and monthly, because we've got that natural calendar uh, structures, the day, the week, and the month, that we already structure our life around. So we can use the same day, week, month model to help us to think about what we're practicing and what we're getting good at. And that's why we build all our tools. There are about 30-plus tools in the Habit Mechanic book, they're all either weekly, or daily, weekly, or monthly. Wow. And it is so good. If you haven't gotten it yet, make sure you you jump on Amazon today. Maybe even push pause. Get on there and get this thing. It is so good. Uh, you, you talk about delivering 
uh, permanent positive changes, uh, happiness, performance, tools for leadership, and we're automated. Kind of like you said, depending on where you read or where you find your research, 98, 99, 95% uh, of, of our lives is automated. And then 99% of our thoughts today are probably going to be the same ones we had yesterday unless we become aware of them and get uh, intentional about disrupting that. How do I get intentional about disrupting my prefrontal cortex, my my center for happiness? Are, do you have some tips or tricks on how to disrupt that and get us trending more towards that 10? Yeah. So the first step is more intelligent self-watching. So we've, we've talked about that. Right. The second step is more intelligent planning. And to do more intelligent planning, we need to use insights from behavioral science and over the last 20 years, we've created our own proprietary behavioral science model, which is threads, threads throughout the book, whether you want to use it for yourself or in your organization to create a culture that makes it easy for people to be at their best. So there are nine factors that we can tap into to help us to build the habits that are going to lead to happiness, better health, better performance. And all those factors, is what we're re it's really important to understand, all those factors are currently on. And they're all working, all nine factors. Right. And whatever they are making it easiest, easiest for us to do, whether that's beating ourselves up, not sleeping properly, not communicating with people like we know we should, that is being driven by the nine action factors. It's just that they're invisible to us. And if we don't know what they are, we can't start to control them. So that's why we need to learn what they are and learn how to get them working for us instead of against us. Right. Yeah, I love that. So good. Yeah, you you originally come from a sports background. You help everyone. And I and I'm listening to you talk. I'm listening to you talk about data and self-awareness and self-intelligence and you know planning. And I look at I look at almost in any field, but speaking of sports, specifically just because that's where you started out in the very beginning, you look at all the best, man, they are they're really data driven. They take the data from their opponents and that's how they plan. They, they take what they do best. They take the data that they have. They create a scheme or a plan for that next game, that next week, that next date, and then they get after it. And then when they're done, they reflect and then they start all over for the next week. So um, you were also talking about morning. I'm a big, big uh, proponent of winning the morning, winning your day. You know, I feel like it helps relieve anxiety. You don't succumb to the overwhelm. Do you have any advice for our listeners out there? If it is such a big deal to win your morning, any advice on some of the habits they could create in their mornings, or maybe it's the night before to win their morning. Do you have any advice for them there? Yeah. So I've got multiple things that I do and there is a backbone of what I call super habits. That is the spine of my day habits I've developed over many, many years. And the point of going on a journey to becoming a habit mechanic, and the book shows you how to do this, is to start to uncover your super habits. Some will already be in play for you, but there'll be others that you can develop. And a super habit just has a disproportionately positive impact um, on your day. So for example, if you want to have a great morning, the first thing you need to do is have a great night's sleep. And pretty much everything that I'm doing from when I wake up in the morning to when my head hits the pillow right. is got good night's sleep in mind built into it. Awesome. That is so good. I, I really 
really like the T plan, tiny empowerment actions. One of the things that I see a lot with the people that I that I hang out with and work with and whatnot is they're really goal conscious. They aren't really growth conscious or habit conscious. They they tie a lot of their goals and what they want to do to things, to achievements, to end results, to those kind of things, and not so much all the stuff that leads to it. Could you, one, could you talk to us about what you feel the biggest differences are between the goal-conscious peep and the habit-conscious peep? And then could you could you give us a couple examples of some tiny empowering actions that could be tied to not things, but growth and things that will lead to becoming? Yes, I'll do my best. So we know goals are very powerful. And I talk in a lot of depth in chapter 16 of the book about the virtues of goals and why they are so powerful. It's really about giving you something to focus your energies and your efforts towards. Mm -hmm. Goal setting can be done really poorly or it can be done really well. And you know, I've got three psychology-related degrees. I've spent thousands of hours training people at undergrad level, master's level, PhD level, you know, professional coaches, senior leaders, how to set goals. You know, once you get familiar with those established models, I started to think, well, there must be a better way to do this. Like smart is quite neat, but there must be a better way to do it. Right. And that's when I started to innovate my own approaches. And I think it was interesting, someone was communicating with in the Haddon Mechanic University app the other day. We, we have a tool in the book in chapter 16 called the FAM story that allows you to connect your long-term goals to your medium-term goals, to your short-term goals, back to your habits. And they were just saying, you know, I've set goals for a long time. This is an experienced person. But now I've plugged my habits into it. It's made it so much more powerful. So I think we can fall into that crap of just focusing on the outcome and forgetting about the process that it takes to achieve the outcome. So that's why all the goal setting tools that we've created are always connect back to what you practice today, what you practice in the next hour, et cetera. Um, so I, I see that that's maybe some of the flaws of traditional goal setting. It's a bit too outcome focused and it misses the process out. So you do the T plan in three simple steps. We did the first step, which is rate how well you did your best to be your best and achieve your goals yesterday or so far today. If yesterday's too far to think back to, you rate yourself out of 10. Step two is your tiny empowering action, which is your T. This is about picking one tiny thing that's going to give you a better chance of being at your best today, of, of moving from wherever you were at on the scale yesterday to being in a better place today. So some examples might be only check the news once today, because if I only check the news once today, I'll be more focused. I'll get my work done faster. I'll get home on time. I'll get to spend more quality time with my, fa with my family. I'll have a better chance of getting into bed at the right time just by doing that one thing of only checking the news once today. It might be right a positive reflection at the end of the day. The point is, is that that might help me to draw a line in the sand at the end of the day between work and home life. It will help me to process out some of the unhelpful things that have gone on that day and spotlight some of the helpful things. It'll help to activate my evening routine, switch off, sleep better, be better rested so I can be productive tomorrow. It might be, another one might be go for a five minute walk at lunchtime so that I can be more focused and productive in the afternoon again, so I can finish work on time, etc. You get the point. So 
only check the news once a day, positive reflection at the end of the day, five-minute walk at lunchtime, just one of those things can have a huge impact on the rest of your day. And step three is you say, why? Why is doing that going to be helpful for me? And I explained some of those reasons. So, yeah, if we're going to set goals, we need to also think about the process that's going to allow us to achieve the goal. And ultimately, the process is going to be powered by your habits. Mm -hmm. Because that's most of what we think and do. That's awesome. So good. Awesome. I love it. You set these these tiny empowerment, powering actions, and they lead you to becoming the person you desire to be or the, the identity that you're you're looking to achieve or become. Love it. I've only got one or two questions and then I'm kicking you out, big guy. You've been amazing. We just can I just say, Brad, that yesterday, so yes, yesterday we actually start we have, we have the Habit Mechanic podcast. Yes. And yesterday we did the first, we, we decided we we're going to go through the book chapter by chapter. So yesterday we did a, an hour and 20 minutes just talking about tea plans, mm. where they came from, how we developed them you know, over time. So it's a very, very simple tool that you can do in under te- two minutes each day. But there's an awful lot of complexity that's gone into getting it to that point, to making it so simple. So good. We will all have to check that that guy out. For sure. I love it. I love it. I could read an entire book on just that alone. It's, it is empowering. We, you and I talked about a scarcity mindset before we got on here today. And as you know, there's a lot of people in a lot of different lanes that have great stuff, a lot of data, but they don't want to share it. They're worried other people are going to steal their ideas or other people are going to get the credit or you know, you and I just going off our conversation in advance here, we're not into that. I mean, for me, if someone's talking about the concept of habits or best self or any of the things that you and I might might talk about frequently, I feel like it's that's a I think that's good for us. I think that's good for our communities. The fact that that's in someone's conversation at the dinner table, in the car ride home, at break before whatever, I feel like that's good. But there's that scarcity mindset where people are afraid to share. Are there any super habits that could potentially reduce scarcity mindset? Do you have any ideas on that? I think that, well, let me tell you, I am prepared to share my ideas. And, you know, The Habit Mechanic is not a normal book, which I'm sure you'll testify to. It's a manual for life. It's a toolkit. It's 107,000 words, but it's practical. It's evergreen material. I pick it up every day. Um, it's got over 30 tools in there. It's it's pretty much all the core big things I've been working on for the last 20 years that I share in that book. It's like a philanthropic exercise to share it because you don't make any money off books. In fact, the book actually costs right. us money to get right. it into people's hands. <laughs> um, but my mission, to come back to the point, is to make it as easy as possible to help others to be at their best using first principle insights, using insights from cutting edge science. Because I think that we've got to the point now with the sort of be your best movement, self-help movement, where it's becoming damaging to people because the good intention tools that are out there are not actually based in the main on how brains actually work. So the tools are very good. The things that are out there are very good at knowledge and good at giving you some skills but they're very poor on helping you to convert 
the skills into automatic things that you do every day, in other words, habits. And, and that means if people start to practice those things and they can't make positive change, they give up and it reinforces a you know, fixed mindset. So my mission is to make it as easy as possible for people to be at their best. And that's why I'm prepared to share my work. But ultimately, scarcity or the, the, the driver of scarcity is ingrained into us. The, the thing to, for everyone to recognize who's, who's got a great idea is that probably if you Google something in the same ballpark as your idea, you'll find something that's already out there in the public domain. So if you want to get credit for your idea and you want to help others doing that, put it out there, you're always going to know more than the person that reads your work and you're always going to be a few steps ahead of them anyway. But yeah, I, I do think that the action now is as you're doing, Brad, with your uh, Positive Warrior uh, tribe, we want to build communities. You know, the, the action's in the community. It's not in the knowledge per se. It's about helping people to use the knowledge and building a community around that. So I don't know how helpful that is, but ultimately, I think connecting it to your longer-term meaningful goals is going to be helpful if you want to get over that barrier of, of resisting sharing your work. Mm. Yeah, no, that's really good. I mean, my my long term goals and my short term goals is to increase impact and influence, positive impact and influence in my community, in my circles, in my relationships. Uh, you name it. That's that's my goal, and I want to create and breed a whole bunch of other people just like that. I want to be surrounded by positive people that are into creating more positive people, tough minded optimist people and and scarcity scarcity is a massive limiting factor you're right though i'm listening to you talk and you are as you know our brains are uh designed to protect and automatically default to going on the defensive and whatnot all right buddy well hey you got 30 to 45 seconds 30 to 45 seconds to talk to our audience how can they create the best version of themselves how can they begin today to start creating the best version of themselves. Get the Habit Mechanic book and start with chapter one, create your first tea plan, and then have a look at chapter 16. The book is, the audiobook's free in our Habit Mechanic University app, which is on Apple and, and Google. So you could listen to chapters one and chapter 16 for free if you wanted. But we're not going to get better by knowing more. We're going to get better by doing and taking positive action. Yeah. So the T plan and the fam story allow you to take positive action for the short term, but also long term. So good, man. You are an absolute rock star. You are positive. You are an abundance of awesome. And the more Dr. John Finn we can get in our diet, the better off we're going to be. So I really appreciate you, buddy. Well, it's very kind of you to say, Brad, and uh, I appreciate the work you're doing as well. All right. Make it a great day.